Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift. This is episode 230. I, of course, am your host, your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me. It's Matt. And with me, as always, it's the Light Bear, the Light Bringer, the Light Bear Bringer, the Beastmaster of Third Shift. It's my buddy, Eric. He's across from me. We're going to start the show like we always do. Eric, my good friend, the Beastmaster of Third Shift. How was your week this week? Hey, yo! <laughs> Hello, boys and girls. I want to tell you all about my week. <laughs> it's been never a clown voice. Never it scares the, me. It scares the people. It scares them. You know what, man? You know it's January still. Guess what that means? Life still is not good, but we're getting there. Uh-huh. It is almost over. It's so close. God, it's so close. I can taste it. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. But. Hey, with that being said, who cares? It's all good. You know what? Because this week was a strange week in video game land. I finished up a lot of games, as I told you guys last week. And I'm sitting there, I'm just like, gosh, bless. What do I do now? I was really hankering for an RPG, but I just couldn't really put my hand down on one. You know, really cinch the deal on anyone's. I was like, you know what? Get the Switch downstairs and hook it up there, and you can finish off uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, you know, maybe beat that one, because I've gotten like 40 hours in and haven't never finished it, so I was like, yeah, that'll be a good idea, or maybe Fire Emblem, which I'm about 30, 40 hours in and haven't finished it, <laughs> like, Eric, finish those RPGs, man, you, you you put a lot of time into them, go, go finish them, nah, man, I don't, I don't feel like doing that right now, I just don't feel like it, <laughs> so I said, Eric, get on control, at least do something you're supposed to do, so that's what I did. I threw in control, got the, the DLC going, got many hours into that, and then I was like, cool, cool, and I did this for like two nights. And then the other day I went, why do I just keep, my brain keeps going, Eric, you got to play Nier Automata. Eric, you got to play Nier Automata. And I'm like, why do you keep telling me this? I watched Matt play, you know, a lot of different portions and chunks of it, and it was a great time, and it's amazing. And, you know... I don't know. I've never had like this super urge beforehand where I was like, I gotta play this game. I have to. But for whatever reason, it just got into my head and I could not shake it. And maybe it's because, of course, New Replicants coming out. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. So maybe it's because of that. I'm interested in that. And I was like, well, I feel bad not playing that one, even though this is Near Replicants before Near Automata. It's still a cool game in the Near Universe, and, and I can be smarter and cooler for having played it and known it. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I caved and I went, you know what, Eric, stop just sitting there and being sad and miserable and just do it. <laughs> so I just clickety clacked. You know, I told, well, first I told Matt a couple times, I think I'm going to play Near, dude. He's like, yeah, cool, bro. And I said, I think I'm going to play Near, Matt. Yeah, cool, bro. I'm like, damn it, he's not going to give me his copy. Okay, fine. So I went and bought it myself. It's a digital copy. I can't give it oh, to okay. you. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm so used to you buying physical. You know, it's your little fancy pants, you know, edition. So I was like, oh, he's probably got some collector's edition. So I think I got it on super sale for like 10 bucks. I was like, this is my excuse to finally play it. That's why I played mm-hmm. it. Because I was like, oh, 10 bucks. Uh, there you go. Can't say no to that. Well, I didn't get it for 10 bucks. So I wish I had. That'd be really awesome. I think I got it for 30. But still, not still bad. Worth it. It's good enough. Yeah. And there you go. So I've been playing Nier Automata. I've only got about two days worth of gameplay thus far into it. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's a game that is amazing. It's just phenomenal. I, I all The music, the environment, the characters, everything's intriguing. Everything's wonderful. Everything's beautiful. 
And of course, I have a few spoilers because I watched, you know, several match streams throughout him playing it. So I do know some of the, the twists and a little bit of the story and here and there. But even so, since I have all these gaps and holes in my knowledge of it and what's going to happen and how it goes down and everything, it's still super fun and refreshing and new to me. And then it's just when I see the parts where I watch Matt play, I'll, oh, yeah, 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 okay. Now that part makes sense to me instead of just being a really cool thing Matt was doing and I was watching. All right, here we go. So I'm having a totally awesome time with that. And then, as I told you guys, I was playing the control, doing that DLC. That first one, the foundation, I'm in that one. And they introduced a new enemy type in that that is just so infuriating. It's it's cool, <laughs> and I'm glad they threw it in there. But uh, it's a, it's one of the crazies with it. He's got a pickaxe now, and he, like, teleports around. And then he just melees you with that sucker and does heavy damage if he hits you. So you have to make sure you're always on the move and being aware of what's around you because he'll he'll be in front of you and then he'll teleport and he's right behind you hitting you with that pickaxe. And then on top of that, they throw in the witch ladies, the ones that are all floating around you can't really see. Then when they appear, they do the sonic scream and just takes like 50 to 75% of your damage if you're not out of that blast radius. It's a terrible combo because you're over here trying to evade all these idiots with their pickaxes and you just teleport or, you know, you know what I mean by teleport. You just do, do a little your, dash your spaceship right into one of them witches and she's like, Meh! and then yeah. all of a sudden, boom, 70% of your health's gone. Pickaxe dude hits you one time, you're dead. Ugh. I'm glad I didn't play this then. <laughs> so those those moments, man, I'm like, you guys are killing me. So as I told Matt off air, I said, you're going to, when you play Foundation, you really have to redo what you're doing instead of just stand. Because most of the control regular, you can just sit there and shoot fools and, yeah. you know, blast them up. It's not too big of a deal. There's very few moments where you actually have to be super agile, flying around like a crazy person. Speaking exactly of that, weren't you Johnny Flyboy last time? How come you're not I flying was. around? Well, because I was trying to do a different thing this time. Oh, okay. I was trying to go tank mode where I was using, I was like, you know, I never used the shield. I never even got the shield. I never used it. I got it and never touched it. Yeah. So, and I went, this time, Eric, I'm just going to go in. I'm going to roll in with a shotgun. I'm going to roll in with a shield and I'm going to boom, 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 and then pull up the shield anytime they go to attack me. And, and you went working. to the one place you couldn't use the yeah. combination. And so, yes, I have reverted back to Flyboy. I just okay. fly around, zip, zap, zappity, doing, doing all sorts of stuff. But I'm like, I wanted to try something a little bit different, but yeah. hey, whatever. I enjoyed that build in the first place, so I still enjoy it now. And that's how I'm going to go ahead and finish up Foundation. But, and this is a boon to me, because I was like, oh man, Eric, you got in an ear automata. You were, said you were going to finish up this Control DLC. Now you got two games you're torn between. Well, it doesn't matter, because guess what? Control Ultimate Edition is coming to PlayStation Plus as a free game come February 2nd. I get all the deal, which I already bought, which is annoying, but we won't talk about that. Oh, well, yeah, support and yeah. remedy, it's fine. Same, yeah. You get all the DLCs and you get the PS5 version of all of it. So you get the ray tracing, you get the upgraded graphics, the, the uh, no load times, all the doohads, all the doohickeys. And I'm just rubbing my little hands together and I'm doing a little jig, do a little dance because I get to experience those two DLCs, well, one and a half DLCs, in full big-time graphics, big-time go mode. And that's super awesome because I was super angry before when they're like, oh, if you own Control, you don't get to have the Ultimate Edition. you got to rebuy it. And I'm like, oh, well, that's poo-poo for me. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I get it now, which is super awesome, but it's a little late because I already bought the DLCs thinking I was never going to get it. 
But oh well. I still get to experience it in the PS5 version. And now that gives me an excuse to wait a week and go ahead and really just go nuts with Nier Automata. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards, finish up Control's DLCs. And before we get to Matt, I'll just simply say, yes, I've been playing some World of Warcraft, as I usually always do. Me and Brian, he's almost finally max level with the new DLC, the new expansion. <laughs> we will finally be able to go do some dungeons and do some cool stuff together, you know, and get some decent gear. So I'm super stoked for that. I just got to con his butt to get on a few more times and finish it out. And then, of course, con my brother to get back on so we can go do said dungeons and stuff and have a great time, which he will. So... It's almost there, and that's exciting because, like I told you all long ago when I did this, I, I think that'd be fun. Just us three having a good time, playing those dungeons, you know, getting some decent gear, nothing, nothing excessive, nothing crazy. So it's almost there, boys and girls. It's a good time. What about you, man? I feel like I haven't played nearly as many video games as I should have this week, probably because I did work at least one day over the weekend. When you have the one day to yourself, and that's like it's game day. That's what I always do. But I have played a little bit more of The Outer Worlds, had a stream just a couple days ago on that. I say it all the time, that game is so much fun just for the dialogue options that you get. Like, I went, <laughs> oh, I can't remember the name of the town now, but I went into that town that that Sublight runs on Monarch. And some of the dialogue options in there, because it's like this, not lawless town, but, you know, it's all illegal activity. There's a guy who can sell drugs, like, right inside the door. His whole side quest was amazing with his little drug-running operation with the Sprats. And just him as a character, all his dialogue was awesome. I loved him and hated him at the same time. I loved that I got to punch him in the face. Oh, my God. Spoiler alert, I guess. But it's just the dialogue options in that game are so hilarious even if i don't pick them and what i was really impressed by in that last stream you get an option to kind of take over a cannery from this guy who's running it who turns out to be kind of a horrible guy but he also kind of provides a living for these people anyway so you get to decide how you want to take this cannery over you can either kill the dude you can like ruin his machinery or you can poison his livestock and so I went in there. I was like, I don't know what I want to do because I don't know this guy. I'm trying to sneak around. I found a terminal and poisoned the livestock first. Then I think I screwed up some of the machinery too. Yes, I I, uh, I hacked the auto mechanical so they killed all the workers. Then I found the dude and he was horrible and I killed him. And I was like, man, I did everything here. It felt good. <laughs> you just You just ruined it. Completely. And what was awesome was I went back to the quest giver who told me to pick one of those options to give her control of the cannery. And my only dialogue option to turn in the quest was, good news, I ruined the factory and killed the guy. And I was like, that's amazing. The game is so well written and well put together that if you do all the things, it'll give you a dialogue option that says, yep, I ruined everything. And it was great because her return dialogue was like, well, so you ruined the factory and killed the dude. So when you killed him, it became my factory. Did you ruin that stuff after you killed him? Because then you're ruining my stuff. And I went, oh, it's all clever. It's all coming together. They had an option for you doing all the things and a response from the character other than just going, hey, great, here's your reward. It was. It made sense. It felt like a real conversation mm -hmm. with a person. And it matched her personality so well. Ah, I love that game. It's so good. The only thing I don't like is that sometimes it feels a little too big. Like I'll pick up all the, you know, it's like a Fallout game, kind of. You pick up all the quests around town, you do them all, and you're like, why am I on this planet in the first place? I got to talk to some guy up a peak. Is that why I got you, the drunken mercenary person on my team, like four hours ago? 
because he's walking through the wilderness. She's like, yeah, it's this way. Go to the right. I'm like, what is? Who are you? What's going on? What's happening? <laughs> I mean, like, I know who you are, but like, why are you here? What are you, where, where are we going? Checking the quest log. Oh, I got to go talk to a guy. I kind of don't really remember why, but all the side characters, all the side quests are so much fun that it's just, it's just fun to live in that world. And I love doing it on stream too, because it, it always makes me laugh. There's always something fun to do. I love going around stealing everything and like opening the doors and sneaking in and closing the doors and taking everything that's not nailed down. And then one of your little companions comes and pops the door open and oh, people are coming in now. It's just, it's just great. And then getting my speech up, lying to, threatening, intimidating every single person I meet. It's so good to be such, such an asshole in that game because all those options give you smart alecky, smarmy, like wise ass responses to do all those things. You have so many options and so much fun stuff you can do in that game, even if you're not planning to do it. I, I went and got this thing for this guy. I'm going to give it to him. But the option is to lie to him and steal it and then goad him into fighting you. And then you can take his cool weapon that he's got. And then when you go back to the person who wanted you to go get the thing and give it to the guy, you could lie to her, get more money from her and more things. Oh, it's so good. I just, it makes me feel good that I can just be a horrible person in game. It's great. Oh, it's wonderful. Just like in real life, man. Just like in real life. It's so wonderful. And another game, you could be an awesome, an awful person into cyberpunk. And we were doing the Shifter Monthly Topic and I was talking about it. I was like, man, I want to play some cyberpunk, but gosh, those side quests, there's just too many. There's too much stuff to do in that game. Like you've said before, you have an area cleared out. You'll go and do a couple other things, and then I want to open the map. There's more quests that spawned in the area that was totally cleared out before. And it drives me nuts because it's fun, but there's so much to do. When I said that to you, you said, well, man, just beat it. Get an ending, and then you can do the like rewind time you know, to before you did it, and you can do the side quest then. And I went, okay. So I went and I got two different endings in the same play session because I did the really easy ending first. I did the more involved ending second. I still haven't really found an ending that I like all that much, but it's beaten. Like, I can always say I finished the story of Cyberpunk. When I feel like being a street sweeper, go back and be the god of Night City. It just whenever I feel like it, because that's one of those games like The Outer Worlds where I feel like I'm so good at it now that I can just get away with whatever I want. And it's great. Mm. And I love doing it. It's just that there's so much to do of these things that you love. And then today, I started playing a little game called Cyber Shadow that I might tell you guys more about later in the episode. That's called a hook, everybody. Oh, my goodness. Gosh, diggity dog. Mr. Matt's talking about this weird old Cyber Shadow. I don't know what he's talking about. It may be in the, you know, what if we, what's the game? What's the new release? I don't know. Some segment we do. <laughs> I, I'm totally confused. But let me use my medium powers. Let me see. Mm, speak to the ghosts. You know what I'm saying? They're going to tell me. Hey, Rick, you always do this thing. It's called a new release segment. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Thanks, Ghost Man. Got it. All right, well, hey, I'm back. Hey, I used my medium powers. Let me tell you, there's this game called The Medium Out, and it's coming out on the Xbox. It's out right now. It's out on PC, Xbox. I really wanted to play it, but I don't have an Xbox, and I'm very sad about that. And if you have the uh, the Game Pass Plus bullcrap, you get to play it for free. It's right there for you at your fingertips. I preloaded it, it like oh, a week ago. It was man, like, hey, you can preload the medium. Went, this is a game I've, I've never preloaded a game before in my life. 
Even games I pre-order, I never preload them. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to get one over on Eric. I'm preloading it now. I should have taken a picture and sent it to you. You like, should have. Hey, bro, yeah. look what's installing look on the console right weekend. now. Only seven more days till I can play it. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> so I've been excited about this game. It's developed by a Bloober team whom I don't really know very well. But, hey, you know, whatever. I'm willing to give things a chance. And, of course, it is out, as I said, for the Xbox, for PC. And it's a Game Pass Plus game. So if you have that, you get to play it for free. It's released as of January 28th, which is today as we record. When you're listening to this, it'll already be there in the wild for you. And if you don't know, real briefly, we've talked about it before, but I'll say it again. You are Marianne. You're a medium. Surprise. You get to see dead ghosts. They tell you all things. You try to put closure to what's going on with them and send them on to the afterlife, that kind of thing. Well, you've been haunted by this girl in your dreams, etc., just really driving you nuts. So you go to this giant, crazy mansion to try to figure out what the hell's going on. Upon entering, there's all sorts of dead folks inside. And whilst going through here and trying to solve your own issues, you meet, you can solve all the issues of these different, you know, dead people, etc., and there's a giant baddie called the Maw who is chasing after you this entire time. Well, now, Eric, don't spoil oh, whoa, too whoa. much for me because I'm going to be playing this game pretty soon. Don't, don't spoil everything now. Come on it's now. Not, I'm not, I won't. I won't, buddy. Don't you worry <laughs> when you play that game. You will not be spoiled. All right? I, I'm going to just tell you the very big little basics. So whilst this Maw is chasing you, whilst you're trying to figure out what happened to all these dead people, whilst you're trying to figure out you know, this little girl ghost and all of her tragicness, what's going on with all that, you, as a medium, get to split. You're, there's a real world, the world you're in, and then there's this really crazy psychedelic world. Think of Silent Hill. And the inspiration comes from Silent Hill because one of the main yahoos on this team worked on Silent Hill games in the past. Definitely a correlation there. So at times, and this is where I was mistaken because I was looking at reviews, reading a whole bunch of stuff, watching all sorts of gameplay. I thought you'd be able to switch from you know the medium world, the weird crazy world to to the natural world, and that's not the case. It's all story based. You'll switch when it wants you to switch. Sometimes you'll go fully into that mode. Sometimes it'll be like split screen, vertical or horizontal. Mm. And then whilst you're in those modes, there's your typical old school survival horde like puzzles. So like in the real world, you can go through a door, but in the the crazy medium world, it's all blocked off with flesh sticks, etc., and all kinds of weird things. That kind of thing. So in the real world, you'll move through and you'll be able to unlock something over here, which will allow you in the crazy medium world to then climb through the window, get what you need to do, turn the valve, whatever it is. You know that kind of deal. So it incorporates a lot of that. And whilst all this is going on, like I told you, the Maw is chasing you down. So he's kind of like the nemesis in Resident Evil. So you'll always hit him. He'll come in and blah, 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 it's going crazy. And you got to hide from him and then wait until he gets out of there, then you keep going on away your your missions. And then, like I said, there's the echoes and the side ghosts. So there's like these little side missions and then echoes are like these uh, logs that kind of just reveal the story of what's going on, what happened to all the people in this place. So if you want to get mired in the lore, you can do it, you know, via reading those and paying attention to all that. And from what I hear, because mind you, I haven't played this, the voice acting's phenomenal. All the, the story's really good. Um, People are saying that it's kind of, it's getting like uh, sevens. It's kind of, kind of turning out as sevens. They said there's some issues, how some of the puzzles are real clunky, old school. It feels like a game made years ago type of deal. That's what you get with these kinds of games. But that's what I, my argument was, is I'm yeah. like, it's, it's a game paying homage to the Silent Hills, the Alan Wakes, the old school Resident Evils. This is, this is what it's trying to be. It's trying to be like that old school cool game because it even has fixed camera positions. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, 
you know, you'll come into an area and you don't get to just do whatever you want. It's boom. It's showing you an angle that it wants you to have. And yeah, there's sometimes where it gives you a bad take, and you, but it wants you to have that bad take around a corner because it, it makes you, it makes you nervous. It may, it gets you all upset. And that's what it's trying to do is because now you don't see what you need to see. And you're like, great. This is where I'm going to get attacked. I know it. I know it. Oh my God. Ah, just get me out of here. It's going for all that, and it's going for them old-school puzzles where you got to sit there and go, what's the password? So you're reading through these echo logs, not finding anything. You're trying to look around at the wall, see if there's, like, numbers scrolled into the, you know, area. That's that's the type of game it's going for. And I get why some people are like, nah, we've moved on from that. But have we? I mean, can't people enjoy that type of game? Can't we still have that and it be enjoyable and be fun if people found that fun? So... Some of the some of the reviews I I, I like to argue with because I'm like it's just a, it's a type of game. I mean nothing wrong with it. I mean if you don't like it that's fine, but you can't you shouldn't hit it or knock it because you know, it's not progressive. It's not doing what the newest like Resident Evil Village is doing. And say so, well it wasn't trying to. Speaking of which, I saw a little gameplay of somebody going through that demo and oh man, I want to talk about that. That because that was cool. We're gonna was... talk about that. We're gonna after yeah. we do the new releases. As as I was saying that way, oh we gotta talk about that real quick. That's for uh-huh. sure. So anywho is the medium. To me, it looks fantastic. It's got all your old school, like I told you, Alan Wake, Silent Hill, Resident Evil vibes going on fixed camera angles. You're going in between the real world and the weird, crazy medium world, which is really reminiscent of the Silent Hill when it would change over. There are spots in the ability to change like fully over for a short period of time into like the medium world, but your powers then drain and then you have to like go back. So you can utilize that to do what you want. Like I said, solve puzzles, try to figure out all the mysteries, and of course escape the mall, which is the crazy bad guy. What's not to love? The environments look fantastic. The music's really spooky and cool. The character, Marianne, she knows what she is, so it's pretty neat that she's like understands she's a medium and doesn't you know, go nuts whenever she sees ghosts because that's just what she's done her whole life. I'm super interested. I'm probably going to play it on PC. I hear I can get like the Xbox uh, pass for like a buck for three months as a trial version. So I'm just going to do that. And then I'm going to play and beat this game for a dollar. It's going to be the best. He's dirty cheap dog. Oh, my God. But you know what? You were talking all about a game that pays homage to the classics. And people are saying, ah, oh, well, we've progressed a little bit since then. I'm going to talk about a game that does that exact same thing. I'm talking about Cyber Shadow, which came out on the 26th, developed by Mechanical Head, published by Yacht Club Games were the people who did Shovel Knight, but now they're publishing games, which I think is pretty cool. Now, this is basically a retro throwback to Ninja Gaiden from way back in the 80s, and when I say that, you think, oh man, a modern game is a retro throwback. You think of The Messenger. No, this is different, and I'll explain why in a little bit, but if we jump into the story real quick, you are one of the last surviving ninja from this big famous clan that were active in the city where they were starting to create reploids or machines, automatons, that kind of thing. A big disaster happened. Now you've woken up. Your name is Shadow. You're one of these last survivors. You've come out of like a life support pod and the whole city's been destroyed. Robots are running amok. You've got to find the members of your clan who are being held by the evil doctor who's siphoning off their powers for some mysterious reason. You got to find them, rescue them, get more powers yourself, be a badass, save the day. So like I said, it's a ninja action game side-scrolling action platformer. When I first saw it, I thought of The Messenger myself because I just played that not too long ago. But you know, Eric, because you played it, and I definitely know because I played it and beat it. The Messenger is a lot more about like the traversal 
of what you're doing, uh-huh. like cool movements and doing slick things. This is more like straight up Ninja Gaiden where there's enemies or projectiles or stuff. I wouldn't say all over the screen, but coming at you fast and you have to deal with those. In just my hours worth of playing, they're winged bug enemies. You get used to them because they come in at weird angles. So you got to move yourself around so your horizontal slash can get them. And then they start carrying like little eggs. And when they drop the eggs, two more little bugs come out and they have, I wouldn't say a very specific pattern, but once you've seen them a few times, you know how to manipulate them so you can get them in areas to kill them. And then they start throwing in environmental hazards in those same areas. Kind of stuff like that. A lot of pattern recognition, dealing with enemies, getting them out of your way, as opposed to the messenger's smooth, flowing traversal and movement. If you liked playing the messenger and you wanted something a little different from that, or you didn't like the Metroidvania way that the messenger ended up going in the last half of the game, this is probably going to be the game for you. Pretty combat-focused, and from what I've heard, you can go back through the levels and access sub-paths, but you don't have to if you don't want to. And you do that via a little fast travel level select screen. Boop, boop, boop. And then you just run through the level like usual. Some other cool things about it. Obviously, the graphics, they're retro, but the pixel art looks pretty nice. The music, though, is bumping. It sounds so good when I powered it on and popped it in because this is another Game Pass game. So I got to play it on launch day for free, essentially. Powered it up and I was like, oh yeah, this... The sound is just it. Scrolling through the menu, it's got that old school, like, NES sound. Feels so good, sounds so right. Then just playing through the gameplay, it is nice and tight gameplay, but it does have that throwback element of when you get hit, ooh, you bounce back. So if you get hit on the edge of a platform, ooh, ah, you're dead. But the one good thing about Cyber Shadow here, just like in Shovel Knight, you can unlock checkpoints. So when you die, you go back to that checkpoint, And the other cool thing about those checkpoints is once you get to a certain part of the game, maybe like 30 minutes in after the first couple of mini bosses, you start collecting this stuff called essence, kind of a currency. When you get to one of those checkpoints, you can pay some of that essence to unlock different abilities in the checkpoint. Get your full health, get your spirit bar maxed out, or drop an item for you to give you a little upgrade. So it's really nice if, you know, you hit a checkpoint, go into, oh, it's a boss room. I died on the boss fight. Whoop. Came back to the checkpoint. Hmm. Maybe I'll use some essence to get myself that sword extending item where your slash is a little bit longer because I don't want to get too close to this boss. You can do that kind of stuff. As someone who likes to spend his currency and unlock all the things, it is a little frustrating because I get to one just in the middle of a level and I'm like, man, I got three options. I need to spend all my stuff. Oh, but that would... That would use up all my stuff. Hang on. Well, let me see. Let me see what's after this. And then I go two, three, four, five screens, and I found another one. And it was nice and easy. I didn't need to. But then sometimes, like I said, it's a really tough boss fight. Maybe it's worth it to up your skills a little bit. Maybe you like using your abilities because each time you find a member of your tribe, they kind of give you some of their literal essence, like their powers. I've unlocked so far like a shuriken, a little pew shuriken that shoots out. And then one that's an upward fireball, like a little whoosh, like yoga flame kind of thing up in the air. And that's one of the few things that I've heard people dislike about this game. The controls are kind of laid out like you're on an NES controller where you have jump and attack. And then to do specialty things, you press different directions and then attack. So if you're jumping and you're pressing left or right, whichever way, and you press attack instead of doing your sword slash, it's going to shoot out the shuriken. So sometimes it does a little bit of not what you want it to do. But once you get used to it, 
you get used to it and you know what you're doing. So I feel like that's a little bit of a nitpick, kind of like what you were talking about with the medium. And same thing with that hit and the knockback. A little irritating, but some of the reviews say, this is what the developer would think would happen if you tried to make Ninja Gaiden now with today's stuff. So it's going to have all that throwback stuff. But from what I've heard, a lot of the abilities you could get and the sub-weapons you can get, really unique, really interesting. In that hour of gameplay I've had, it's been a little tough, but since so many things are based on pattern recognition or knowing what's coming at you, once you've died a couple times and respawned at that checkpoint, you know what you're doing and you can get through it. So, so far, it's not too hard. I've seen some crazy stuff in reveal trailers and reviews. I can't wait to get to that and hopefully be good enough to beat this game too, just like I did with The Messenger. But if you're looking for a retro side-scrolling action platform, fun time if you miss some original Ninja Gaiden with enemies and projectiles and things all over the place, check out Cyber Shadow. If you got Xbox Game Pass, goddamn, get it for free! There's no, there's no reason not to get it. On a quick side note, before we move on, I gotta say, man, I told you on the text, and I'll tell the people now. I don't know, it's feeling real bad right now. Feeling real bad having chosen the PlayStation Five over the Xbox, (laughs) because every time I turn around, hey. Play for free on the Xbox Game Pass. Hey, play for free on the Xbox Game Pass. Hey, play for free on the Xbox Game Pass. And I'm just like, there's a ton of cool games that I would love to play on the Xbox Game Pass. And then I go, what's up, PlayStation? Hey, here's all these games that we used to have out over the years that are free for you. Yeah, well, I've played all those because those were all the biggest, coolest games that were on the PlayStation. Oh, that's what we got, though. Well, it's great, but... Not for me. I've already done all that. Now, see, I, I was going to say, well, you know, you, you'd get the console, but then you'd have to subscribe to the Game Pass. Yes. I would have just switched it over to the mm-hmm. Xbox side of it, and that would have been where i go. i get the Xbox Game Pass. That's my world. Like you said, years down the road in 2025, yes. it's all going to be worth it when I'm playing those uh, PlayStation exclusives that are fantastic and amazing, and I was never going to get to play them otherwise. Whereas... I do have a PC that's capable of playing pretty decent games, True. so I can still get the Xbox Game Pass and play on the PC if I really, 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 really want to. So For some things, because some things are console only. Like I, yes. I opened up my app the other day, and I was like, oh, console and PC. Yeah, but the medium is PC, so I can get that trial deal, and I can play it on the PC. Okay, Howard. So okay, sure. Howard, get away with your but $1 I, trials I back and forth, forth and back. I see how it is. <laughs> here's here's the other thing I got to do, though, because I went to a used game store, a little local joint, and I said, give me a controller uh, for PC. you know. And, of course, they give you an Xbox controller. Well, I thought they were going to give me an actual Xbox controller. No, they gave me some third-party Mad Cats controller. And at the time, I went, eh, whatever, you know. I just play a few games here and there on the PC, mm. but this controller sucks. God, it sucks. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. It hurts my fingers. It's just, I don't know why, but I hate it. I hate it with every fiber of my being. And so I'm like, Eric, you gotta, you gotta go get a, a real deal controller. Cause every time I think about playing on PC, I'm like, bleh, that controller sucks. I don't want to play on that thing. So. I got to go spend another freaking 30, 40 bucks and get a decent controller. <laughs> I, I know you're paying, not anytime recently, but when I first got a computer that could play games like, you know, playing Final Fantasy VII and stuff on it, I got, it was this, this white controller with these purple buttons and it looked just like a PlayStation controller. It looked just like it. So how could it be a million times worse? 
I know exactly how this feels. The D pad mm-hmm. was like all squishy. It was horrendous. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. The it cuts into my skin. It just everything. <laughs> Every angle's wrong. It just it's a it's a painful bad controller. And I'm like, like you said, how is it possible? How can't you just copy what the controller is? Mm-hmm. Put your little molds together. Have some little freaking moron design your molds just like the molds on the actual real controller. And just mimic it. Mm-hmm. It's not complicated. This isn't rocket science. But no, well, we got to change it. Well, let's make it super aggressive and painful and annoying <laughs> and a little bit larger so you can't fit your fingers quite around them like you should be able to. <laughs> let's make everything just wrong enough that you hate it. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Shouldn't we make it so you love it? No. No, you, no we shouldn't. It should be the opposite of love. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Hey, you know what's the opposite of hate? It's love. And you know what we love? We love one big thing. It's your favorite thing. Come on, buddy. Well, see, I, th- I thought we were going to start talking about Resident <laughs> Evil. I didn't know we were jumping into this, but it's my favorite thing, my no. favorite part of the show. Uh. We got Shift Coast of Gold Keys in Borderlands 2, so hit up the Twitter, the forms, the Instagram. Hit up your preferred Shift Coast provider. Get yourself some fantastic loot in a fantastic game. I loves that Borderlands 2. Playing as Gage, playing as Axton, having a great time. You don't even have to do anything. Put the turret out, put death trap out, just sit in the corner, talk crap about the people that work with your buddy. That's what you do. That's the best time that's the, <laughs> that was the, always the glorious times right there that's how you roll we got to get that going with some borderlands reaction we got to mm-hmm. get our characters to the point where the sentinel and whatever else does everything for us and we don't have to work yep. okay because iron bear didn't cut it because i still had to control iron bear and it wasn't what i needed mm-hmm. i need something that's just gonna play the game for me so i can drink more beer <laughs> and laugh <laughs> We got to figure this out. We got to get in there and get our hands dirty. I think maybe Zane and Flack was the answer because Mr. Beef would tank everything. And if you got that bubble shield to Zane, we'd just sit inside that with Sentinels zoop, zip, zapping all around and we'd just talk crap. I'd be, I think mm-hmm. that was that was the mistake we made, I think. But, you know, Iron Bear in my defense seems so much like, you know, Gage and, and uh, Death well, Trap. Well, you still haven't so. tried Iron Cub. You gotta play well, I can't cover. because remember, she got deleted again. Unless I go get my old PlayStation 4 back out, try to re download the download, <laughs> and try it all over again because everything got deleted. <laughs> so for the third time, I'd have to do it again. Or otherwise, yeah, I don't know. It's a mess. It's just so, you know, <laughs> games are hard. It's all so complicated this, anymore. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but something that ain't complicated, I'll tell you right now. Borderlands the movie, we talked about it before, it's coming. Kate Blanchett's been cast as Lilith, mm-hmm. and now Kevin Hart has just been cast as Roland. He's super stoked, he's super excited, he says he can't wait to do it. Mm-hmm. Eli Roth, who's directing it, said this is going to be the whole different side of Kevin Hart. It's going to be amazing, it's going to be fantastic. If you don't know, Kevin Hart is a really cool, funny, awesome comedian, plays in all sorts of really lighthearted, crazy movies, doing all sorts of shenanigans. And I super enjoy his antics. I, I really always get a kick out of him being just completely off the wall, ridiculous, mm-hmm. whining, and crying, being just over the top emotional about everything. I don't know what he's going to do in this because Roland isn't that type of guy. Roland's, you know, more serious, antisocial, big dude, ready to kick ass, take names, True. you know, kind of type. And Eli Ross said he is in for a whole different role, but there's no way you cast Kevin Hart. And not get some comedy. And to be fair, Borderlands sure can be serious, but Borderlands is known for its humor as well. 
And even mm. Roland, he was a he was a smart aleck, sarcastic kind of guy. He wasn't just always stone faced yeah. serious. So I feel like Kevin Hart could pull something out, or you could get like some classic Kevin Hart right at the end of the movie after some big serious war thing, and they'd be like, "Whoa, Roland, what's wrong with you?" And be like, <coughs> <coughs> "Never mind, <coughs> off we go." I think you're right. I think we're going to get a good in-between here. I think Kevin's got the chops. Mm-hmm. I think he can pull off some serious stuff if he needs to. I don't know. I've heard tell he's been in like a serious movie before, but I don't follow actors. I don't follow <laughs> movies. I don't care about any of that, really, to be honest with yeah. you. But, he, you know, I do, I do know him myself from the different comedies and stuff I've watched him in, and I've liked them all. But I think he's got it. I think he can pull off a really cool role in where he's serious and, like you said, sarcastic to be humorous. And then once in a while, let Kevin Hart come out and be a freaking ridiculous, crazy person. Mm-hmm. But then, boom, sewn it right back in and be on point and take lead of whatever, you know, mission or whatever the hell they're doing and carry on. Yeah, so, yeah. I have decent hopes for this, you know? When they first announced it, I was like, okay, here we go. You know, another video game movie. I'm not really... I'll watch it. I watch them all. I right, don't care right. if they're bad or good, but, you know, I don't. I didn't really care either way. But... Man, you're getting start, you're starting to get some really good actors and actresses going. You got a, a pretty good director going. It's shaping up. You know, things are looking pretty good to me. Yeah, I agree. Things could look a whole lot worse than what they do right now. We've seen people online saying, "Oh, why is Lilith being classed as like a master thief? Why do we have a comedic actor playing Roland?" But at the same time for me, you know, I like some of those bad video game movies that diverge from what we've seen a million times. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want Borderlands of the movie to just be Borderlands 1. I don't want to see that because no. I've seen it. I want it to be some kind of new spin on it. You know, I saw people saying, oh, I'll, I'll go in for Handsome Jack. I'll play Handsome Jack. Well, I don't want to see Handsome Jack's story. I saw that. I want to see something new kind of in that Borderlands universe. Maybe if it's not the exact portrayal of the characters, I'm not going to mind. If it's fun, if it's interesting, if it's entertaining, that's what's important to me. You don't have to go on the train tracks. Just give me something cool. Yep. I'm all for it. Besides that, we won't even see Handsome Jack's story anyway because we're going Borderlands 1. So. Well, I know. I'm just saying. That was an example. Okay, gotcha. Just want to clarify, you know, so everybody later is like, uh, excuse me, guys, uh, Third Chef, they said Borderlands 1. They didn't say Borderlands 2. Okay? Isn't Borderlands 1 the one with Flack and his dog? Isn't that? Yes. Yeah. Yes, you're yeah. right. Yeah, Flack's in that. And then uh, Pickles. Pickles yeah, is in pe- there, too. Who even is that character? I didn't play that game. So on top of that movie news, we got some actual Borderlands 3, the game type of news. We got the extra, extra extraction mini event happening in the arms race. You're going to have more extraction slots for each extraction machine. And your airdrops are going to have a better chance of dropping those doll crates to get you some arms race exclusive gear to extract via that extraction machine. Did we even do an airdrop when we did our, our horrible bastardized run? I don't think we did. No, we didn't. We didn't get enough gear to do an airdrop. It didn't matter. We had like five pieces, I think. Oh, I got. I, I think we we each got a, like a legendary though. Like at least by the That's end, true. we had something to extract. So uh, come mm-hmm. on, we did all right. We did okay for it being glitched out half the time. We really gotta get in and try it again because <laughs> we didn't give it a fair shake. We said we might get in last week when the you know all the. Uh, the zones weren't uh, closing as fast mm. and all that was going on and didn't, didn't do as much damage. And then work screwed us, so we couldn't do it. 
But yeah, it's been miserable. You know, I told everybody before, you all know the deals. January is a bust. Mm-hmm. It's just too much. And no, we can't play this one because this is the last time for us to play Battle. I know. Boy. We got to finish those we stories and get that Boy. PvP, son. Oh, I'm sorry, Borderlands 3. I'm sorry. It's just too much. It's too much. I can't. And we I couldn't possibly up. play any more than one time a week. I can't do it. I No, I and won't do it. Trust me. I've tried, people. I've tried. I've texted Matt many times. Hey, Matt. Come on, man. We, we play games once. We do one podcast. We've got to do shift to multi-topic. We've got to do what you play. And then the I can't, the I can't talk to you more you, than that. I'm burned out. out anymore, I don't have any no. other stories. We'd be sitting there just going, hey, man, shoot that guy. Yeah, got him. Frag out. But see, that's the problem. See, that's where we've gone wrong. Is we're so used to having so much fun and being so ridiculous on our Borderlands nights. True. That, guess what? Normal people do play together every day. And normal people don't have to have these 27 conversations, conversations yeah. while every time they play together. They can just play a game together. And we're like, no, man, if I can't tell you like 50 stories and we're laughing and it's ridiculous, <laughs> we can't play together. It's too much. It's too hard. Can't do it. In my defense, I do like to listen to a lot of podcasts or like big long YouTube videos when I game. I can't do that with somebody else on the other end. So see, I did nothing wrong. I could never have anything held against me. Build the walls. That's what we always say. That's what everybody wants. So with that beautiful event taking place, that is the conclusion. That's it. That's what's been going on in the world of Gearbox, everybody. It's quiet as a Mm -hmm. mouse. You, You can't hear anything. What's Randy doing? Nothing. Varnell, you up to something? No, no way. Actually, he is. <gasps> he is. He's doing a book thing, isn't he? That's right. He's talking with an author about creating worlds. It's kind of like a, a panel or a seminar discussion. I don't have the link in front of me or the info. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably passed by now. But maybe they'll have a VOD where you can you can sign up and get some tickets for that. Because I saw that and I went, that's so awesome. But it was at a time that I couldn't possibly do it. It was in the same boat. I was like, oh, that's really cool. I should follow up with it. And then work, 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 work. And here we are now. And then you said that. And now I remember. And I go, yep. So if you're interested, go to Twitter. Look up Randy Varnell. Check out a few of his posts. It wasn't too long ago. And it'll be right there. And Matt was trying to look it up and stall for time, you know, but it's possible. I got it. You know oh. why we can't do it. Why we couldn't do it, right? Why? Why? No. It's because we're doing this show right now. That's This is why. It's at, it's right it's at third shift time. Come on, Randy, you know when third shift time is. Although, wait, before then, we probably recorded it on Wednesday. So, okay, I'll give him a pass. I'll give him a pass. He didn't know. He didn't know. It's not his fault. It's okay. Go check it out. Take a listen. Take a peek. But I guess what? It's already passed. So, as Matt said, try to find it in a different format. Because Randy has some really cool ideas. And I don't know about his partner in crime here on this one. But if he's teaming up with her to do some stuff, I'm sure she's pretty cool, too. It's worth a shot. Here's something else worth a shot. Getting in that free demo on the PlayStation 5, if you have that particular system, and playing The Maiden, which is the free-to-play Resident Evil Village demo. It has nothing to do with Resident Evil Village. It is a standalone little snippet that showcases what the graphics are going to be like, what the gameplay is going to kind of be like, what the atmosphere is going to be like for the upcoming Resident Evil Village title that's coming out. I think it's May, but I could be wrong, folks. Without getting too far ahead of ourselves, the demo's out. Have you played it, Matt? And if you have, what's your thought? I haven't played it, but I watched Jesse Cox's Scary Game Squad play through it. And and 
while, you know, having commentary and people going back and forth takes away from it a little bit, I was honestly really pleasantly surprised by how creepy and honestly terrifying a lot of it was. Like that intro section when they're in the dungeon Mm -hmm. and stuff is slowly moving, right? You know, as your gaze goes over here to do this part of the puzzle and then you come back and something has changed in the room. That stuff freaks the hell out of me. At certain points, I was like doing the, I'm watching the video, but I'm actually looking down here at at, at this cup. Because if it's something really scary is going to yeah. happen, I don't want to get scared. That way you're not scared. You're, you're, you're fine. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, I, of course, day one, the second that demo was available, yeah. I got in it. I was like, oh, you know Eric's in this. And I'll say this. Here's the time. Here's the moment. Uh, I haven't liked Resident Evil's since 4. They went away from what made Resident Evil Resident Evil. I didn't like 4, which is complete blasphemy. People say 4 is the best Resident Evil of all time. I say you're stupid and you're wrong, and it's it's ridiculous. It's not good. It's a terrible game. It made changes. I will yeah. say, I still think, I was never a Resident Evil purist. I think Resident Evil 4 is a great game. If you don't like the direction things went, that's a different thing. Yeah, and that's why I didn't like it. It's because it yeah. just said, we're not Resident Evil anymore. Now we're just doing cool, random things. Which, hey, that's neat. Change with the world, but you're not Resident Evil. Why did you keep the title Resident Evil when you just went, zombies aren't real. Now we're just mutate monster freakos from, you know, this one. I love how the best Resident Evil of the new generations is the one you had the most problems with. Not like five or six where stuff just went completely off the rails and well, ridiculous. Well, five and six were just atrocious. So I, I just, that's, <laughs> don't even worry about that. Cold Veronica was the last good Resident Evil, all right? And I'll put zero in. Zero was okay. It wasn't the best, but it was at least a Resident Evil in my book. But that's where it ends. All right. So, anywho, I'm, we're not going to go on this whole argument about Resident Evils. Uh-huh. Let's just say I fell off. Four was it? Five, six came out, didn't it? Whatever. Resident Evil Seven came out. I played the demo, and I was like, "Oh, this is neat." Still wasn't interested. First person, I'm in a house. It's Texas Chainsaw Massacre all over again. Yeah. It's like this seems too intense for me. Like too much. Just dudes breaking through walls constantly, and I just can't breathe. I can't look for anything or do or explore or do anything. And I've tried to watch some Resident Evil 7, like AGDQ, when they do the speed runs of it. I'm like, well, I'll watch it. And it's just, like you said, it's just nonstop stuff is happening. Mm -hmm. A lot of like body gore stuff. I'm like, but it's not scary because it's just all the time in your face. Stuff is just flashing in your face like this. It it doesn't do it for me. This demo, though, at least that first part of it. Whoo, doggy. Yeah, and that's where we're getting to, all right? It didn't seven didn't do it for me, and then I said, "All right, whatever." Then this demo hit, and I got in there, and I said, "Well, you know me, I gotta give it a shot. I love horror stuff. I love survival horror. It's always been something for me." And it it clicked. It just clicked. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" She was in this dungeon, super atmospheric. Felt real good. You had the little paper you grabbed, and it's like, "Hey, if you want to escape, here's some clues on what you should do and pay attention to." Mm-hmm. Boom! Instantly. Eric's got clues in his brain. Now he's got to think about this. Pay attention. Finds a little secret, little oh, go under the thing. And then, like you said, it wasn't like big jump scares. It wasn't nothing like mm-hmm. overt and wild. It was just little things. Like you turn around, the bot, the corpse would fall from the ceiling. You'd move over here, this thing fall fell over a little bit. And then, and I won't spoil everything. I don't want to spoil everything. I, if you haven't played it, go play it. But. But but like you said, it was a lot of subtle stuff. Like mm-hmm. you'd go, you'd take, you'd do something in this room, you know, there'd be a body here. You'd go into the next room to check something out, come back and the mouth of the body's fallen over and there's a hint behind it. 
It's just stuff like that or looking through a crack in a door and you see something go. Mm-hmm. It's I, I love subtle horror, creepy, like chills crawling up your back type stuff like that. And then what was really neat, too, is that the letter itself says, don't let them see you. All right. Mm-hmm. So instantly I'm all right. OK. And then, like you said, there was like these little moments where you could see things or something moving somewhere. And so you get up and the. What's so awesome is I, I was smiling where, of course, the dungeon was super cool, but it was your typical gore fest, you know, like dead bodies yeah. and this and that. And I was like, okay, all right, right, here we go. But no, you get out of there and you enter the castle and it's just this beautiful, pristine, awesome mm-hmm. looking castle. Just everything just looks really, really sharp, really nice. Someplace I'd love to go actually see in real life. Mm-hmm. But the weird things are still happening. You know, you yeah. see a little flicker, a little movement go up the stairs or whatever. And you're like, oh, gosh. And then you remember that note, don't let them see you. Like, well, how do I do that when they're all over the place? Yeah. But So now you're scared because you're like, well, am I supposed to try to sneak through there? What am I supposed to do? They're all over the place. You're trying to sneak every single door you can't go in. So there's mm-hmm. just. It's pushing you through. You have to look. It pushes everything. you to the most obvious places. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, hey, it's over the stairway. Well, maybe I can sneak around. Nope. You, you know, gotta go like you gotta down, go up and down, all the way down. This well lit room, yeah. Having a well lit room be horrifying—that's worthy of praise in itself, I guess. Exactly, because it was super cool. Because it literally set you up for failure. You know, mm-hmm. it was instant. Don't let them see you. Here's this giant area that's well lit, no hiding places, mm-hmm. and you have to go through it. Well, what's that mean for me? What's going to happen now? Yeah. There's no way they didn't see me. There's no way. I I, I just mm-hmm. walked through the middle of the room to get to that dumb door to get to the area where I have to go do the thing. Mm-hmm. So you know the doom, this this un, that that feeling of yeah, I'm screwed. Something bad's something bad's coming for me. I I didn't listen to the note because the game didn't let me listen to the note. It, it, I couldn't it, it listen to let the me. note. Yeah, yeah. So it was just super neat how they utilized the different little mechanics to make you feel scared, to make you feel unsettling. Even though you're in this beautiful castle that looks completely cool and normal, really, mm-hmm. and you're like, but all oh, you still have that oh, it's bad news bears coming, and then on top of it, of course, the way it ended, and then then I don't know if you you, you saw it right and how everything went yeah. down. Mm-hmm. Man, it was so cool. You know, you, you, you oh, I'm running. I'm gonna get away. I'm gonna do the thing. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then of course they gave you a little couple little typical Resident Evil puzzles. To solve in between, but yeah, that's yeah, that's couple. standard Resident Evil fare. So I won't mm-hmm. like harp on that a bunch. You do what you do and do the oh look, I'm examine and t- things turns to a key. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So you're gonna get your Resident Evil, but on top of it, you get some really cool, unique vampires instead of zombies. Mm-hmm. And I told you this is why I didn't like Resident Evil anymore. They they went away from what made it Resident Evil, but for whatever reason. This sounds really fun. And this sounds really cool. I'm like, <laughs> oh man, yeah, vampires, werewolves, and just this craziness going on. I'm mm-hmm. all about this. So I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm old and I've finally given up on like Resident Evil as Resident Evil, right. and it just being a take on something scary and cool. I don't know. I feel different. I feel like I'm on board now. I feel like I'm I'm ready to go with some Resident Evil again. And I don't know if it's just because the demo is that good. Or if, like I said, I've just had a change of heart over the years and I'm finally like, all right, whatever. I think it's probably a little bit of both. But not only is the demo that good, but it's, I mean, it's scary in a different way than a lot of Resident Evil was. Because it's it's a lot of that subtle stuff like we were talking about that it's going to get you no matter what. Because you have no choice but to look at 
your surroundings. And when there's a little, there's a little something weird in it, it's, it's going to tickle that back of your brain. A lot of scary games are like big and loud and whoa, ah, but I love it when it's subtle like this. Like my least favorite part of watching the playthrough was the end where stuff was going down. Cause I was like, okay, this is what I expect. Rawr, in your face, rawr, camera shaking, blood spurting and stuff like that. Which, which was still cool, but that, that, that silence and intro and creepy noises and creepy stuff. It's so different from Resident Evil that I think that's it's it's its own different beast, I guess. I don't know. It was this great payoff though, because here, I'm gonna spoil it. When you get in that room and you know you're doomed and you're doing all things and you're waiting for you're waiting for the trap. You know, it's like mouse trap. Mm-hmm. You're waiting for it. Yeah. And it pays off. It finally comes and then all of a sudden I've been watching you. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I knew you've been watching me. I knew it. I knew I was screwed. Uh-huh. <laughs> and sure enough, you get down and there you go. Bad news bears. But before all that, like a really cool hint that bad news bears was coming. You got that teacup. You lift that teacup up uh-huh. and, and the lips were like the entirety of a whole side of the teacup. And you're like, that's some, that's some big lips. What is going on? (laughs) (laughs) And I will say, I love the way that it ends, ends too, when you get to the door and, you know, the. Yeah. What I loved was they gave you enough hints to know that you had to go in that room Mm -hmm. because the note of them freaking out when the windows open. When I was watching that playthrough, they found the window open and went, oh, something bad bad happened here because we're not supposed to have it open. So when they got attacked, they went, I know exactly where to go because they freak out if they're in here. Boom. Now I'm safe. I'm going to go out this door. Oh, no, bad times. No, no. She's there, and now you understand who has the uh, the larger lips that was drinking the blood from that teacup, which they talk about if you read the memos, talking about how they brew like a, a virgin like wine there, et cetera. Uh-huh. So you're like, oh, man, this this ain't good for me. Uh-huh. So it, it all was there. Everything was there. The story was there. Like you said, it set you up to know where you should run if you were going to try to escape. Mm-hmm. It set you up to know you were in bad, bad shape once you were roaming around that room. Mm-hmm. And it gave you the payoff of it. A really cool little demo. And the best part was it spoiled nothing of the game because, mm-hmm. as I told you, you're not this character. This has nothing to do with the game itself. You're going to be Ethan in Resident Evil Village. This is just the maiden, and you're just getting a little snippet, a little showcase of what we're going to do to you in Resident Evil Village. I, I just really hope that over the course of a full game, they can take you on that roller coaster ride of ups and downs, and maybe you know even jumping between character viewpoints for you know kind of like resets where maybe this character's coming in, or you're seeing the other side of the village or whatever's going on from that perspective to kind of set you up. Cause I feel like once you start, you know, paying off on a lot of those, it, it kind of jades you a little bit. I noticed that when I played alien isolation, once the alien drops down on you a few times, Oh, it got me again. You know, it's not as scary. So I hope they, they can mix it up and keep a lot of this subtle stuff, but pay it off in different ways, you know, or, you know, like, in the original Resident Evils, you walk past, no dog jumps through the window. You walk past it a second time, boom, now it's different. Mix it up and, and keep everybody guessing as opposed to just craziness all the time or not craziness all the time. You know what I'm saying. And I think Resident Evil can pull it off. Silent yeah. Hill, Resident Evil. Those two titles, I think, have always been really good at making it so you feel safe and then screwing you. And then you know you're going to get screwed and then you don't get screwed. They, uh-huh. They've done it time and time again. So I have faith that they'll do it this time. 
and I'm on board. I'm ready. This is it. This is where I come back. And of course, everyone's going to go, well, you need to go play Resident Evil 7 then. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to come in right here, Resident Evil Village, Resident Evil 8, whatever you want to call it, fresh. And we're going to have a good time. I'm going to need to see a little bit more of the actual game to see if I'm going to have a really good time. Because this demo, I'm all about it, but I love the setting and I love giant women, like super tall women, like eight feet tall. That's, eight that's, foot. That's, that's 10 out of 10, 100% masterpiece. If I'm just going to like not see giant women, I don't know, Resident Evil 8. You got you to gotta give me a real tall woman. I think she'll be there for you all the time. It's going to be great, man. You're going to love it. <laughs> Outstanding. So you all know I love giant women. Do you love giant women out there? Podcast listener, let us know. <laughs> be the email, thirdshiftb.gmail.com, on the Twitter machine, at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Don't just let us know if you like giant women. Did you play the Resident Evil 8 demo? Have you watched it? Was it scary? Was it effective? Did you not like it? Do you just want a fixed third-person camera, you know, all that other jazz from the old, old days. Did Resident Evil go wrong by going first-person? It's not even Resident Evil anymore. Let us know all that stuff. There was zombies. It's vampires. Last time it was Texas Chainsaw Master. What's even happening in this freaking time? What's going on? Werewolves, everybody. Holy moly. I want to know your thoughts on it. I don't know how it came wrong, but I did, and I want to know if that's the same case for all you sucker faces out there. But until then, hey, you know what? While you're looking at that, while you're responding to what we want to know and what we're talking about, consider going over to Patreon, okay? Maybe just take a little looky-loo, go, hey, you guys did great, and throw us a buck, two bucks, three bucks, five bucks, thousand bucks, a million bucks? It's still there, everybody. Million bucks. You put a million bucks in, we're opening up a food line. It's changing the whole world, I'm telling you. You could be the one. Howard mentioned it. He said if he won the lottery, he was going to give us that million bucks and we would have to do it. So if you've won the lottery recently, if you're the person out in Novi who won Someone did the Mega Millions. 970 million. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just throw one our way and you'll have a new food line to go to. Yeah. And we're going to set up cameras so you'll actually be able to check out our progress and see how we're doing. We're going to have all sorts of fun at this food line. It's going to be a great store and a good time. Consider making our dreams come true. And if not, that's okay, too. You know what? You just listening to this podcast, man, you did us a service. We feel really good. We feel really great. We're so glad you listened. Had a good time. You can give us the mailbag questions. You can answer our our return question in How Was Resident Evil 8 Demo. Anything like that would make us feel fantastic and have a good time with it. So consider it. All right, that's what I'm asking you. And of course, you should consider listening to the very next episode, which will drop on the 4th of February. We'll be, we'll finally be out of January. Now I keep notes oh, thank you. about the games I've been playing. So I know what to talk about on the what you're playing. I literally put week five because it's been like, it's, it's the fifth week of January. Literally look, I'm looking at the calendar right now. I know. <laughs> but next week, ending. but next week it will finally be February and you can check out on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify and on YouTube. As I always say, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services because it does help us out and we really do appreciate it. And you know what? If you're a giant woman, write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Say, hey, I'm super tall. Matt gets five stars for appreciating my tallness and my big, giant, spiky nails. It's crazy. I appreciate eight-foot women too, so we're both on board, all right? Just saying. So, you know, write us that review and say, I'm glad Third Chef appreciates eight foot tall women. <laughs> and with that, there's nowhere else to go from there. There's nothing else to say, but don't forget to say.
Shut up and sit down. <laughs> we're discriminating against four foot tall women, man. That's what we're doing. You know what? They just got to make a good horror movie about some very short woman. Short not a kid. Woman. Not a kid. I'm not afraid no. of kids. Just a short woman. <laughs>